0: Scab for the bosses Don't listen to their lies Us poor folks Haven't got a chance Lest we organize Which side are Hello. you on? We are recording Which side are you on? Hey What is up? This is uh, Remarks It's podcast It's
1: a podcast that we do um, I'm Phoebe I'm,
0: I'm Taylor And we're really good at introing the podcast clearly
1: yeah yeah i'm maybe just the slightest bit hungover so um my intro game's not on Uh, i feel like
0: no worries i mean i feel like it'll just add to the uh the character (laughs) of the cast true the
1: general bummerness of this episode
0: like yeah fuck anyway
1: yeah it's another bummer so this week you guys yeah. sorry
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit of a bummer i feel like last week's was a like kind of an uplifting episode yeah though, so. i would say
1: yes we've got a good hopefully, ebb and flow
0: yeah hopefully you're still riding the high from like that that episode the
1: high the get high?
0: it yeah
1: hey was that was that the joke
0: i got you know, the because because marijuana mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the joke. Weed is cool. I don't personally smoke weed, but, uh, I support everyone who does. (laughs) Yeah, but it's
1: cool if you do. Anyway, um, we're gonna talk about prisons this week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, prison system. Um, do you want me to go first? Yes. we got the historic Yeah, I think
1: you should go ahead and take it.
0: Yeah, so we were just one of the first funny story to intro it, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Phoebe and I were at a little party shindig type B, and, um... We were um, substances. We, were, we may have been on a substance or two. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, I was just, uh, I was like, Petey, I really want to get your thoughts on the US prison system. <laughs> and she was like, just okay. Like, <laughs> out of the blue. And then yeah. we were like, <laughs> for like yeah, way just too long. About it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. Anyway, I'm going to go over some of the history of the prison system and kind of what went into it here. Um, I believe this is going to be a two-parter episode, mm-hmm. so should be good. Um, I feel like you probably prepared more than I did, but...
1: I mean, I don't know. You have a lot of pages. I'm pretty stoked about it.
0: That's true. That is true. We'll see. We'll see what's up. Yeah. The Who who wins the m- most prepared <laughs> The research game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so starting it off here, the very first prisons in America were very reminiscent of 1500s workhouses and the traditional prisons used by Britain such as the Massachusetts Castle Island Penitentiary. Um, It was a military fort during the 1600s, and after King Philip's war ended, was used to sell Native Americans into the slave trade because America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love that. Um, That's kind of like the earliest signs of, I guess, what you could call a prison. It definitely wasn't like anything that would be seen as like a modern-day prison. And I mean, you know, I, the weird thing is, is like when we had first colonized here, like, you know, it was, or I guess when we had first like revolted from the English, it was all about like personal liberties and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So it's like prisons were kind of an afterthought in most of everything. Like they were kind of just like, well, you know, don't, we don't need prisons. And like, I mean, I agree with them in that area, but, (laughs) but like. You know, they kind of let that one, let that one slip. (laughs) Anyway, uh, early New England had a mix of letting colonies and states decide what to do with prisoners. It also had a religious influence as well. A population boom led to some reforming of the system in the eastern states. So yeah, like initially it was very much like your state can kind of do whatever. Mm. And then also similar to like, I mean, maybe... I mean, yeah, around this time in, uh, you know, up until the American Revolution, it was, you know, the church still had a really big grasp on, like, what the penalties were for people and then, like, the state would usually kind of follow through with whatever that was. Uh But it just depends um, on the state. This reform saw many states actually ease up on the harshness of punishments. Pennsylvania, for instance, reformed that only robbery and burglary and first-degree murder, were punishable by be- by death. Damn. Other than, uh, I think, yeah, first-degree murder. So pretty pretty progressive stuff. Um, <laughs> only killing people if they <laughs> were burglars <laughs> instead of just... And again, it's a little bit tricky because there wasn't any, like, set system at this time. Right. So, like, saying, like, oh, this is what would happen to you if you did this what isn't necessarily easy to do right. up until they, like, have cemented more rules into place. Because, like, you know... In the earliest times, it was like, if someone tried to steal from me, you'd probably just shoot them or something. Yeah, or cut their hand off or whatever. Or, or yeah, things like that, like whatever it was. And people kind of settled their own disputes. Which, again, I don't think is a terrible idea. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you should be shooting people here (laughs) and there. But um, the the decrease in capital punishment meant that other forms of punishment were now required to take its place. Longer prison sentences were... uh, stated, leading mm. to in the late 1700s most states erecting their first federal run prisons here we go here we go um,
1: <laughs> everybody's favorite
0: yeah getting getting those federal prisons erected <laughs> real real good just wanted to say erected again <laughs> for the third time um Auburn State Prison was the first in the 1800s to instate practices of rehabilitation instead of leaving prisoners to rot in a cell. The people of the time thought that they could. The people of the time thought that they could change him. That was a joke. I just misread it. (laughs) They thought they they thought they could change him. Um, which you know, so that was nice. It wasn't just like, uh, you know, an empty cell that you were just thrown into and you were left there to just die. Yeah. They were like, yeah, maybe we can like. Uh, change people's behaviors. Or wow whatever.
1: crazy crazy idea.
0: Crazy idea. Just... Try
1: to help people so they don't commit crimes <clears throat> anymore. Yeah insane. Weird.
0: Um, the idea of the prison was to isolate teach obedience and use labor as a means for production through inmates. Legal slavery is what we would call this today but at the time slavery was actually legal so I guess it wouldn't True. It, yeah, we, we shouldn't be surprised. They would just call it slavery. <laughs> they would just call it slavery again or something. <laughs> slavery
1: again. Slavery 2.0.
0: Yeah. Um, and there's like a, it's interesting. I'll kind of get more into it maybe in the next episode. But there's like a really big emphasis on isolation. Like mm-hmm. in the sense that like you had to take them out of society and you had to. Because um, like a lot of times, you know. People didn't necessarily know what to do at this time, so they're like, "Oh, well, we can like make them have you know required manual labor, and where you right. would, they would maybe even still live in their house and do things they would just or live in the house of the live in the house of the individual that was um, that they were doing the labor for, mm. or you know some kind of facility for you know the company whatever it was that they were doing the labor for." Sure. And. Um, <clears throat> There was a a little bit later, there came this push of, like, isolation versus not isolation. Meaning, like, should we isolate these people so that we can do, like, a her- rehabilitation program? Like, you know, even just, like, what we would call, like, a prison. Yeah. Or should we do more of, like, this idea of, like, labor to atone for their sins or right. whatever it is, you know? Or, again, yeah, should we even have, like, some kind of labor or some kind of like rehabilitation program or should it just be you know um like rotting in a cell so yeah again a lot was kind of up in the air around this period the revolutionary period into like the um late 1700s to early 1800s not too much was set in stone um a new Pennsylvanian model arose Which included all the same tenants But also um, isolated the prisoners Putting them in separate cells And making them eat alone mm. Which might be some of the early signs Of like isolation as a punishment Which I know you right. were getting into
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but that was Yeah kind of the thing is like They were just trying a lot of different shit They are like we try having them eat alone Should we try having them eat together What's uh,
1: They're like what do we do with these people What's
0: the deal a bummer, honestly, like, I don't know. It's, they, I really feel like they should have had more of an idea, but again, they were just kind of like, yeah. well, this is our country, and we'll, um, you can't tell me what to do unless I, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, if you're going to create an entire nation, like, I don't know, maybe plan some fucking shit out, <laughs> maybe dude.
0: Maybe figure some shit out. I know <laughs> like, there was a lot to figure out. Yeah, but, <laughs> and, but
1: it's like, I don't know, I just, I, I mean, this is not even this whole episode, but like I just feel like there was a lot of shit with America that like to me seems like very basic shit that maybe should have been like thought of.
0: Yeah. Oh for sure. And <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting too because like and this is a tangent absolutely, oh, but please. with like the founding of America I've thought about it. It's like America was established in a time where there was still kings and queens mm-hmm. that ruled entire nations. And, like, so I get, like, how at the time, like, this, you know, republic, Republican government, like, a republic government mm-hmm. was, like, this new progressive thing. Like, oh, we don't have, like, an actual right. king. Yeah. And whatnot. But it's, like, now we've hit the point where, like, kings no longer exist unless yeah. you're fucking England. <laughs> yeah. And even then it's, like... <laughs> which, like, the king doesn't do they don't anything don't do anything anyway. Yeah.
1: It's just a title. <laughs>
0: just a title. And they just have a lot of money. Yeah. But, um, which makes i mean that really what's makes people kings in america too true
1: but, that is true
0: but like it just is funny to me because it's like why is it such a wild concept to think that like oh maybe some kind of more socialist communist mm-hmm. eventually obviously the idea would be anarchist for, yeah. in my opinion yeah but like some kind of thing like that wouldn't be able to work like you know 200 years ago people didn't think that we could have a exactly. fucking we could survive without a king you know fucking exactly. <laughs> It's just so stupid. And it's like,
1: okay, so we've been doing this now for, you know, however fucking long America's been around, I don't know, Mm -hmm. hundreds of years, and it's like, you're like, nope, this is it, we're not gonna try anything else. This
0: piece of paper that was written 200 (laughs) years ago, this is how we got to do it. By a a bunch of old white
1: dudes, nope, we're still, this is it.
0: Can't change, and I guess they've changed a few things in it. Sure. But like... Like
1: the basic...
0: Yeah, they're like, I guess we should let, like, women vote and, uh, (laughs) black people not be enslaved. Yeah, yeah. Just the, you know, real progressive stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but before we go further with the U.S. prison system, let's talk about workhouses. So, Mm, basically, England at the time, and uh, still today, hated poor people, (laughs) and... (laughs) like it was literally a crime to be poor like and i mean i guess they don't hate them as much today but like idleness is what they called it oh my god uh it would end up if you were idle if you were poor if you were too poor and they didn't like looking at you basically (laughs) you would end up in a workhouse uh around the 1500s there was a large movement of writers philosophers supporting um enslavement rather than death so, again, super progressive. <laughs> and they were like, well, mm. these people that, that suffer from this idleness, you know, heavy air quotes, uh, we suffer don't we them. don't want them to just die. <laughs> we need to find out <laughs> how, how they can... How can we
1: exploit them?
0: How can we exploit them and make them willing to uh, slave their lives away for a, a corporation, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, well, uh, we'll kill you otherwise. So. <laughs> so weird. It sounds like the yeah. society we live in right now.
0: Exactly. And I didn't uh write too many of these down here but um but like I know some of the stories from like workhouses are absolutely awful. Oh like, yeah. You Maybe know, it would be a lot of single parents, single mothers mm. uh with children, sometimes orphans that just would end up in workhouses. Mm. Obviously rampant sexual abuse, rampant oh, physical yeah. abuse, yeah. like not not good things. Um and that's another thing is like children would end up in workhouses because like again if your parents are too poor to feed you it's like where else are you gonna go? I mean,
1: I guess yeah. No
0: one wants to look at you on the street, so <laughs> yeah, because it would make them feel bad if you they had to see exactly. a poor person, and yeah. So, you know, you don't want to make the aristocrats in Britain feel bad. They I don't bum them out. The only thing I like. I don't know if I like it more. The only thing that I like equally as much to shitting on America is <laughs> shitting on England. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with Fuck you on England. that. Fuck um, England. But back to this, that's kind of what the workhouses were like. It was, and then again, it was kind of similar in some ways to that, like, enslavement or imprisonment to work for, you know, whatever, to pay off your mm-hmm. your aff- affliction or whatever it was. But. Sure. <clears throat> But post-revolutionary war brought a stunted economy as well as an increase in population and immigration. And as we all know, in economic times of trial, crime starts to increase. Right. Um, In the late 1700s, people began to worry about a criminal class, heavy air quotes there too, (laughs) of people. And it was um, people invading their cities, which again is classist and racist. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, it was a lot of like... And especially moving into, like, the early 1800s, it was a lot of, like, racism that was happening towards, like, freed black people. Right. Um, again, as cities get bigger and, you know, economic troubles start to happen, especially with a super boom in population, Yeah. the cities are going to be where the most concentration of people are, therefore right. the most crime. Right, right. Um, the general public wasn't also big on public executions and banishments. Um, which was a thing that happened up to that point.
1: Banishments.
0: Yeah, just being like, well, and also, like, at, at this point, too, like, there was the federal government, but states had a lot of, like, say yeah. in their own prison system, which is l- less so now. I don't exactly know. It might be less so in some areas, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, so a state would be like, oh, we're going to banish this person to another state or another territory. Huh. But then people would be like, "Well, wouldn't they just do?" Yeah. Because then, like, the state that's getting them is like, "No, we don't want this criminal that you threw to us." Like, like don't. And like, I mean, it makes sense. It's like, you know, rehabilitate your own. (laughs) Yeah. Your own criminals or whatever. But hey, moonshine. Moonshine's
1: being real cute today. I know. Sorry,
0: I just had to pet my cat. (laughs) Mascot of the pod. Yeah,
1: she's here, just swirling around our feet. True.
0: We should, uh, we should drop a picture of, uh, your pet, if you want to share. Oh, I should. I will.
1: I will. I have a dog, Tonks.
0: Tonks. She's so cute. Tonks is the love of my life, actually. Oh, Taylor. (laughs) Sorry to my boyfriend. (laughs) Tonks
1: Tonks is number one. Justin is a close number two.
0: (laughs) True, true. (laughs) But, um, anyway, so yeah, that was the banishments. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway, back to prison. (laughs) And um, then public executions are also a thing that I. F- the timeline is a little bit tricky because again things are happening in communities up to different points. Mm-hmm. I feel like public executions were more of like a, sixteen hundreds to like, it was like more when we were underneath like British rule still. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people didn't necessarily like um seeing people get executed in like the town square or whatever.
1: Something we have not in common with the French. Yeah.
0: The, Fr- the French love that shit. The French
1: fucking love public executions.
0: Honestly, like, it is kind of funny throughout history, like, how many times people have just been like, yeah, I want to see that guy get mauled by a lion. Oh, like, Yeah! yeah the fucking sick.
1: Roman Colosseum yeah. thing. Like, I. <laughs> human beings are crazy. It sounds
0: fucking tight. Like,
1: <laughs> I want to see uh, this guy fight for his fucking life against a yeah. literal lion.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, controversial opinion, maybe that was the way to, way to do it. It's like, maybe. you commit a crime, and you can fight a lion. Fight a lion. Then you get out of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> New idea, prison reform idea, lion fighting. Yeah,
0: because then it's like, any crime that you're going to commit, you just have to be sure that you can beat a lion. And then it's like, you didn't commit a crime at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because of this uh, hard labor incarceration became the preferred method of criminal assault, criminal punishment again mm-hmm. into like the 1700s after the revolution and whatnot um, by the end of the 1830s penitentiary penitentiaries and asylums became more became the move to focus on reform of prisoners rather than just labor's mm. so that was again moving into the 1830s so they were just like making people work throwing them in like, shitty prison cells right and up until that point but then that's when the penitentiary came around and the asylum which obviously i feel like most people know that like asylums for mentally disabled people were not very cash money back not not at all not at all all. still i mean even today they had some issues for sure true um but yeah i mean the horror stories. Of oh my god! Stuff yeah, there's
1: there's documentaries and it is.
0: And that stuff like it fucked. That'll make me cry, like yes. seeing people yes. that have like mental health issues and mm-hmm. being stuck in there. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's so awful.
1: If you've ever seen Cropsy or want to see Cropsy, it's hard to watch, but it's really crazy to like mm-hmm. see that stuff and just like see how it was. It's fucked up.
0: Yeah, it's just very sad. Yeah. Um, and on that. Happy note. We're going to take an ad break. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what doesn't uh, create asylums that abuse people? (laughs) Ads. Ads. Products and services. They might, though. But we'll we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are back. How are those ads?
1: So good. Scrumptious, (laughs) scrumptious ads.
0: Just good old capitalism being...
1: (laughs) At its finest. Being
0: capitalism. (laughs) Gotta love it. Anyway, (laughs) um, back to prisons. Back to prison. Uh, So tuberculosis ran rampant in prisons because of the filth and vermin, which uh, also incentivized the prisoners to... or the prisons to isolate the inmates. Mm. Um, So, like, they would try to have them separated so they couldn't spread tuberculosis right. but again if everybody's getting tuberculosis from the prison i mean what you... yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's like gonna... so i mean uh this was also thought to keep bad influences away basically like um and this is the kind isolating of goes
1: or the tuberculosis the isolating oh okay
0: <laughs> but the first maybe they were like <laughs> if you get tuberculosis it's because you deserve it right <laughs> um But this kind of goes back into like the kind of the uncertainty about what it was like people were pushing like hey we should have penitentiaries where we would send people to like live Mm -hmm. their life because um, being out in society still we don't you know they would be either like a bad influence on people or be Mm. around the negativity it's like that whole idea of, like, if you want to stop, like, being a drug addict, you have to, like, take them out of the situation that sure, they're in or whatever. Sure, That's kind of that idea. So, they were like, yeah, we should have, like, a penitentiary set up where, like, we can send people to go get rehabilitated. Again, obviously, they were very, um, they were very uncleanly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that is just because America's always treated their prisoners terribly. Exactly. Um... It is worth noting that the South was much more lenient on white criminals, I should should specify. Yeah. They had, you know, this was all happening in the North and kind of the Eastern states. Mm -hmm. The South was a little bit less, you know, there's that like stereotype of like, like the southern like the southern backwoods and how like, you know, there's just nobody out there so it's like no rules. Right, like right. That comes from kind of like the South was much later jumping on like the prison um penitentiary game. Mm. Most small crime went under the radar or it was settled without the state's involvement. And again, a lot of like if you come on my property I'm gonna shoot you. Right. <laughs> kind yeah. Of, kind of vibes. Um after the Civil War, there began to emerge new ideas about imprisonment that were not very cash money, <laughs> you could say. Um, overcrowding of prisons led to many more bizarre punishments to keep people in line and mm. maintain control. Mm-hmm. Um, see here, there's some horror stories of abuse around this time. After a report of one inmate being stretched to death oh my god by the staff of a new New Jersey's Trenton prison um an investigation committee found alcohol was being poured on the prisoner alcohol was being poured on prisoners with epilepsy
1: oh my god
0: and they were uh lit on fire to see if the convulsions were real and this is moving into the post-civil war era here but um yeah so like there was uh Many other crimes, such as electric shock,
1: Mm. poisoning, Mm -hmm. neglect.
0: Um, But yeah, so like people with epilepsy, they would say like, I have epilepsy, I can't go out and do like the labor or whatever that the penitentiary was requiring. And they were like, oh, and then they would like start to convulse or have a seizure and uh, they would light them on fire to see if they were actually having a seizure, because I guess if the convulsions stopped and they were like oh shit i'm on fire they would yeah i don't know i don't know <laughs> like
1: that's like i feel like that's in the same vein of like okay we're gonna throw you in the lake with rocks if you drown you're not a witch mm-hmm. if you don't drown you are a witch and then we'll kill you then we'll <laughs> so kill it's you. like either way you're you like, just die
0: good stuff great right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which that all of the witch shit it's is insane why and it's really interesting. Again, this is another tangent. No, cause we love it.
1: We love it. Gotta
0: take up my time somehow. That's why we're <laughs> here. But, like, it's insane to me because, like, I didn't realize until recently learning about, like, just that whole era of, mm-hmm. like, accusing people of witch- witches and whatnot. How, like, based in just, like, sexism it was. Yeah, right? Like, I guess I kind of knew it underneath, but, like, it was really brought to my attention with how, like, again, just the awful... And women who were just, like, being, I guess, uh, non-conformant. They right. Were like, it sounds like, like you're a witch. Witch. Yeah. Or just calling people a witch just so they could, like, get something. Too, right. Yes. Yes. But, yeah. Um, so that was uh, the Civil War time. Moving into the late 1800s. Most people didn't really care about prisoners because prisons were increasingly becoming filled with immigrants and the poor Mm -hmm. and similar to britain we also hate poor people for being alive Uh (laughs) and existing um american attitudes towards the poor were heavily influenced by social darwinism taking the concept of survival of the fittest and applying that to a social standing believing that if it that if we help poor people it will make them weaker says charles loring one of the. Because uh, that
1: makes sense.
0: Uh, experts. One of the experts.
1: <laughs> Heavy uh, finger quotes around that.
0: Charles Loring Brace was his name in the book The Dangerous Classes of New York, was the, the book name. And I feel like this is a kind of a sentiment that gets repeated. The idea that, like, we can't give prisoners or poor people or immigrants anybody like anything because that like enables them is like a huge thing
1: yep i mean yeah you see how people talk about like welfare and social security checks or whatever and even with the um covid stimulus checks
0: yeah exactly and it's so frustrating because like social darwinism like the idea of it is Not only is it, like, fucked up to people who just genuinely have had something terrible happen to them and are having a hard time, but it's fucked up to, like, disabled people. Right. It's fucked up to, um, I mean, anybody, like, people who had terrible home lives growing up, like, just anything, and it's, it's so, it's it's so, like, narrow-minded, it's so frustrating being like, well... The survival of the fittest, whoever can make right. the most money gets to have, yes. gets to survive, basically. Exactly, just, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Very frustrating um, beliefs going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, these views obviously led to a lot of government um, taking a relaxed stance on prisons and not supervising or monitoring them mm. efficiently. Uh, eugenics? eugenics? Yeah, yeah, eugenics was surging at the time as, well, a popular tract published in 1878 by Cicer Lomborso called Luomo Delinquent or The Criminal Man. Delinquente. I don't know. (laughs) Or The Criminal Man is what it translates to. Uh, Theorized that a criminal type existed and could be identified by physical symptoms or Uh, uh, stigmata. Good. Yeah, so, like, you know... um, good old eugenics, good old phrenology. Yep. yep. Which also became a popular science of the time, yeah. which is the study of skull shape to decide
1: right mental
0: ability. That's right. Yeah.
1: Well, and I was going to bring up eugenics because the whole darwinism thing goes right into that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like it's that
1: basically darwinism is like a book to eugenics, <laughs> I feel like.
0: Yeah, the idea of social darwinism. I don't sure, know. Sure. I mean, even normal darwinism has like issues here and there but like right. i get where it comes so, from social like,
1: darwinism yeah yeah i yeah. get where
0: like in animal kingdoms like sure yeah the survival of the fittest whoever gets the most food right but that's even has its own like uh stipulations like
1: totally
0: animals that live in communities that support each other mm-hmm. will always survive more so than ones that are exactly solo, things exactly. like that but but yeah so anyway phrenology uh it, it's a pseudoscience um that was of course all used to justify um, being as racist as possible. <laughs> yeah. And state and federal judges refrained from monitoring prisons properly until around the 1950s. Mm. So this was happening from, again, like the late 1800s all the way through the 1950s. Jesus
1: Christ. On a
0: federal level, they were just like, yeah. Because, you know, even now it's like we have federal prisons and we have state prisons. Yep. And the state prisons were just very un regulated Mm -hmm. which is awful like the the fucking what's that uh like psycho or um social social sociology study the oh stanford prison experiment that's right uh, yes it's like if you let people just run rampant with like power over individuals Uh that they view are lesser beings it's like it's never never been good no never been good (laughs) for sure
1: never been a good thing.
0: But that's where I'm going to call my end of the research here. Okay. I've hit my limit, and I will continue in part two, but we left off mm-hmm. there, yeah, about the late 1800s into the early 1900s, so. Okay. Fascinating.
1: Well, perfect. This is a great um, little segue into my section, which I kind of researched, like, prisons today, and how they work, and why they suck so bad. <laughs> um And I most of my research i wound up looking into private prisons um just because like there's just so much shit to cover with all of this um so yeah most of my research was just in private prisons because it's fucking bananas this shit
0: and that's probably the stipulation i should have said like there's the federal prisons and then there's like private state prisons yeah that are like run by a specific person or like, they're Mm -hmm. basically like a business. Yeah, it it
1: is. (laughs) It literally is. I will get into it. Um, So like Taylor was just saying, prisons have kind of been around since the beginning of America ish. um, But private prisons um, became more popular in the eighties when the war on drugs happened and mass incarceration started increasing. Um, The United States has the largest private prison population and a quote from an article on the sentencing on the sentencing project says quote, of the 1.5 million people in state and federal prisons in 2016, 8.5% or 128,063 were incarcerated in private prisons. Another twenty-six thousand two hundred and forty-nine people, seventy-three percent of all people in immigration detention, were confined in privately run facilities on a daily basis during the fiscal year of twenty seventeen. Um, the U.S. federal government is the largest user of private prisons through the whole world. For sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Classic, yeah. (laughs) And so if the prison populations continue the way that they are right now, where they just continue to get larger and larger, more and more people being incarcerated, um, privatization of prisons will most likely continue to trend upward. um, Because... You know, these, uh... Oh, I take it back. I'm sorry. Populations trending down. Prison populations declining. Because there has been a little bit of a recent-ish decline. Anyway, from the 80s. Um, My mistake, everyone. So, if this continues and the populations decline, privatization of prisons will happen because, um... Prison... The prison industry realizes that they're losing out on money, and so they'll switch over to private prisons because you can make private you can make more money off private prisons. That was really hard for me to say for some reason. Um, which just the phrase prison industry really illustrates exactly why for-profit prisons are an issue. The fact that you can make an industry off of this, like that you're able to make money off of incarcerated people, people that you can legally pay basically nothing, and people who are literally forced to do labor, they have no way of quitting their job, they have no way of opting out of this. Um, And so it's like, don't you think as a business owner you would be pretty motivated to get yourself a cheap, ceaseless worker?
0: Yes. Yeah, and, ugh, yeah. And just the idea that, like, the prisons themselves make money, too. It's yeah. like, they make money by having more prisoners, which... Exactly. ...doesn't incentivize decreasing crime. Oh, no,
1: exactly. Well, and how are you going to get these forced labor extremely cheap workers, mass incarceration, mm-hmm. more arrests, expensive bails, longer sentences, and of course the law enforcement is gonna prey upon these underfunded communities where people are less likely to afford lawyers, um, and they're more likely gonna be committing petty survival crimes. Yeah. Because shit's fucking rough out there. Um a lot of people are totally clueless to how the justice system, justice system works, me included, because it <laughs> makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Like, when you get really into it and, like, start looking at laws and how all this... I mean, it's crazy. Um, and so because of this, people get frequently stamped with higher-level offenses. And because of the purposeful miseducation surrounding the judicial, judicial system, people don't realize that their them or their loved one is getting charged with a higher offense than they should be. Yeah. Case in point was in Salt Lake City, a lot of the protesters from July 9th... Um, were facing life sentences after they poured red paint on the steps of the district attorney's offices um, and their charges were increased to include a gang enhancement, Oof. which it's like it hundred percent was not a gang first of all <laughs> um, and uh the term for or like the the description of gang enhancement in Utah mm-hmm. is like very open ended yeah. yeah and so you can kind of tack it on to things and for these like a lot of them literally were like 19 years fucking old that it's yeah. like they don't know like you don't know how yeah. to deal with that and maybe you can't afford a lawyer like
0: yeah and that's the thing is like when you have to pay someone who like has devoted chunks of a huge chunk of their life mm-hmm. just to learning how this system learning works this
1: crazy system
0: and it's like but you know we you know it's like yeah you have the right to an attorney but like I don't know I, I know there's like issues with like state Appointed attorneys totally Not always being to the same Level as like hiring a private attorney and Right it's, yeah, yeah there's a yeah. lot of shit
1: There definitely is Um. So some another quote from The sentencing, sentencing project Says federal prisons Incarcerated the largest number of people In private prisons 34,159 making a 120% increase since 2000 um, and the largest private prison corporations called CoreCivic and GEO Group collectively manage over half of the private prison contracts in the United States with combined revenues of $3.5 billion as of
0: 2015. Ew. Fuck Ew, them, indeed. dude. Like, $3.5 billion on incarcerating people? Like...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: God, yeah. So gross. It's,
1: yeah. Um, and not only are the actual prisoners being taken advantage of, but the staff at private prisons as well. Um, private prisons are much more likely to hire non-union workers as well as workers from disadvantaged communities and this allows them room to give low wages and minimal benefits and obviously i'm not like sympathizing with prison guards too much but this is just another huge example of how the prison industrial complex takes advantage of people and just squeezes every last cent out at all possible angles yeah
0: you know and especially like when there's a community that has like not many job opportunities it's like if Mm -hmm. there's a if there's a correctional facility there yeah it's like you know you either what like work at the walmart or the the prison right right
1: (laughs) and the training i have it somewhere in my notes here it might be in part two but the training to become a prison guard is like three weeks long and so it's you get through that quick and you start working quick and you get that money quick no matter you know regardless of how little the pay is if you need a fucking job you need a fucking job
0: it's true That's almost, uh, it's a little bit shorter than police training.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Um, so in 2016, during the Obama administration, there was legislation being worked on to end contracts with for-profit prisons. But in 2017, our BFF, Jeff Sessions, who was the attorney general at the time, he changed courses and said that private prisons would aid in the, quote, future needs of the federal correctional system. Read, Jeff Sessions wanted to use money derived from basically free labor of prisoners.
0: Yeah. Friend yeah. of the pod, Jeff Sessions. Friend of the p-
1: Jeff Sessions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jizzy Slizlers. Jizzy S- Sizzlers. <laughs> Our boy. Our boy.
1: So soon after this plan was set into motion, prosecutors were urged to change. Oops, sorry. Were urged to charge the harshest and longest possible sentences on all federal crimes. Because, of course.
0: Because they want to make more money. Yeah,
1: exactly. So evil shit. It's evil. It's so... (laughs) Mm. So let's talk money a little bit more. As I said, private prisons obviously earn more income based on the amount of people incarcerated in their facilities. And as we know, because of this, there's a higher motivation to get as many people in prison as possible for as long as possible. So enter stage right, ALEC, A-E-L-A-L-E-C. You might have heard of this acronym before. Um, ALEC stands for the American Legislative... Exchange Council. This group is on some fuck shit, like to the degree of FOPs. I feel like.
0: Yeah, you you were telling me about them. <laughs> over... I was
1: losing my fucking mind. <laughs> it's yeah. so evil. Okay, so Alec is a nonprofit. LOL. Conglomeration of private <laughs> prison companies, <laughs> lawmakers, corporations, and other asshole investors who quote unquote advocate for private prisons. Um, through ALEC, corporations can purchase a seat on these task forces where they'll vote on legislation. Um, and it's not just prisons. They cover a bunch of stupid fucking yeah, shit, but a lot of it is prisons. I mean, um.
0: I can fucking bank off of it.
1: Yeah. So ALEC believes in advancing, Taylor, you're gonna love this, quote, the Jeffersonian principles of free markets, limited government, Oof. federalism, and individual liberty. <laughs> the fuck?
0: <laughs> I mean... Uh, I know. my god like, yeah
1: it's unreal
0: it's just it's libertarian shit like yeah, they sent a fucking libertarians it is. <laughs> like it's so i was
1: waiting for you to say yeah. that it seriously is and this is uh, this is why we don't like libertarians you guys fuck
0: yeah it's like i get it yeah fuck the government but also but like, uh, fuck, fuck the government capitalism. in the right way yeah exactly yes.
1: yeah libertarians are just like anti-government capitalists
0: they are and they're, mm. they're just like yeah they're like they're like republicans but they smoke weed and want <laughs> the age of consent and they're not to be even lowered. like
1: that <laughs> <laughs> they're like not even that like anti-government to be quite honest because they're like in support of cops and shit too yeah you know? exactly
0: for uh, the, it's yeah it's gross yeah
1: anyway we don't need to talk about libertarians today so again these people are capitalizing off the lives of imprisoned people who have no choice of opting out of this job Um, which tell me why fucking incarceration is a business at all. Um, and this just seems like a huge conflict of interest to me, because if the people profiting off incarcerations and the people responsible for the arrests that lead to that incarceration are in cahoots, doesn't that seem like, I don't know, a police state or like just straight up fascism? It's
0: it's a little, it's a little fashy. A little fashy. It's like... I feel like this whole organization is just, like, movie villain shit. Like, yeah! It's... No,
1: it seriously is! Taylor, it gets worse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, another one of Alex's goals is privatization of basically all government functions. Full privatization across the board of all government facilities and services. Um, so two of the main prison companies that I mentioned earlier, Core Civic and GEO Group are responsible for a large portion of the funding to ALEC and they've hosted events where they basically would bribe legislators. Yeah. Um, Core Civic and GEO Group also worked with ALEC to draft up legislation for the privatization of prisons and reform on sentencing. Included in this legislation was a push for mandatory minimum sentences, three strikes law and truth in sentencing. What those things are, mandatory minimum sentences um, is that the court must sentence a person convicted of a crime to a prison sentence no matter what. So if somebody comes into the court having been convicted of a crime, they have to receive some kind of prison sentence. Like the
0: judge can't be like, you're good. Yeah, or like pay a fine or do public,
1: um, what do they call that? Community service. Community service, yeah. Um, You have to have a prison sentence so this is something that alec
0: is trying to mm -hmm, get
1: this is one of their like big obviously
0: because community service doesn't help (laughs) that helps the community uh fuck them dude (laughs) we want to make fucking money also i this is a a random thought but i very much think it's funny uh, it's called Alec, and, like, I hope that someone listening's name is Alec, and they're like, hey, what the fuck, dude? You're
1: like, hey, guys, I'm a nice guy.
0: <laughs> I'm all right.
1: Uh. Um, before I get into the other two uh, pieces of legislation, let's take a nice relaxing ad
0: break. Yeah, let's relax from the horrors of... <laughs> horrors. The prison of Alec, our boy.
1: <laughs> you know, it won't conglomerate to... Take over the entire prison industry and turn it into a giant business corporation.
0: I don't know if you can, maybe? You can I don't really guarantee that. I'm maybe. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, we, I can from our one advertisement, <laughs> yes. but yes. capitalism in general, mm, no. No, nah, can't say that for sure.
1: Anyway, products and
0: services. <laughs> All right, we're back. Just talking about how um politics are weird when you're uh, going on dates with people.
1: Yeah. It's always an interesting first conversation yeah. where you're like, "I despise this country and everything about it. How do you feel?"
0: You're like, "I ideally want to get killed in a guerrilla war against the state in a couple years." So I can't make any long-term commitments. Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So anyway, let's get back into um, legislation that Alec has been pushing for, which was minimum sentences, three strikes law, and truth in sentencing. We covered... Mem- 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 wow. We covered mandatory minimum sentences, so three strikes law. A three strikes law says that a person who has been committed... Convicted of a violent felony who has also had two other prior convictions will receive a mandatory life sentences, which, as I had said prior, Jeff Sessions, the, the man, had been urging prosecutors to charge people with higher offenses, meaning that the number of convicted felons increased. Um, and so if any of those people justly or unjustly convicted with a violent felony have also had two other prior convictions of, of any kind, they will be charged with a life sentence. That's, that's this that's three insane. strikes law. Yeah, it is insane.
0: So you do three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's like, Fuck. it doesn't matter if your other one was like, you, you were drunk and you peed outside or whatever. And now you have, you know, whatever you know. that thing is. And then maybe you shoplifted from a convenience store. If you have, uh, you, you then get a violent felony charge, whether that's really what it was or not, life sentence.
0: Yeah, that's in, it just, anytime there's any kind of like blanket law that's put on to like, anything really yeah it's like there's always gonna be people that are fucked over by that exactly and it. yeah
1: people that take advantage people that take advantage and people that get taken advantage of yeah. with that it's awful it is um the last one truth in sentencing truth in sentencing sentencing i cannot fucking talk today good thing i have a podcast <laughs> truth in sentencing is a set of policies and legislation that work to cut out or completely abolish parole this name comes from the argument that the public has a quote-unquote right to know and that if a person sentenced to five years in prison only serves four, it's dishonest. <laughs> Which, ugh.
0: Okay, so yeah. they... Okay, let me... I'm trying to understand. So if somebody... Because I know you can get out on like, parole and things. Sure. Like... So you... Yeah. They have to tell the public that...
1: No, so basically it... it um... So, if you get sentenced to five years in prison, and then, like, you're saying, yeah, you get parole, or you get early release Mm -hmm. because you're good, good, um, they don't want you to be able to do that. They want to abolish parole and abolish early sentencing so that you would have to serve the full sentence, whatever it was that they said it would be in court. Because if you're not serving that full sentence, it's dishonest to the public,
0: I guess. I guess, but, like... Okay, um, <laughs> I get what they're saying there in in the sense of, like, yeah, I guess it's dishonest, but also the majority of people that get let out on parole and, like, good behavior are usually, like, rich assholes who get put in, like, <laughs> yeah. two years of a 20-year sentence or some shit like that. Right, exactly. If they even do time at all. It's like, because yep. we know that rich people, rich white men, yep. typically, will avoid prison Yes. S- Nine out of ten times. Exactly. Well, and you know,
1: know that these fucking people on this Alec board have done certain, cra- like I'm sure that they've embezzled. I'm sure mm-hmm. that they've like solicited sex work. I'm sure that they've um fucking smoked weed or whatever. And if they ever got in a situation where they were going to be convicted, they would pay their way out of it. You know, yeah, like exactly. you know they would. So it's just bananas that they fucking do the shit. Ugh. Um. So a lot of times. Truth in sentencing and the three strikes law goes hand in hand, pushing the prosecutor not only to convict the person to a life sentence, but also strip that person of parole rights, forcing them to carry out the entire life sentence.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, you're basically just thrown in prison forever. Legislators who are members of ALEC work alongside corporations and other members to write up policies that the members in politics will then take and they introduce to their state houses. The catch is that... All of the corporate involvement is under the table, so no one outside of ALEC who may vote in favor of this legislation knows that the corporations were pulling the strings. Which, like, I think you're still pretty shitty if you're going to vote for the type of legislation that ALEC members vote for, but um, still, this contradicts their whole right-to-know bit from earlier. Yeah. Like, I think I have a right to know that corporations are fucking paying you to push this legislation.
0: Ugh. Yeah. And- yeah and all the backdoor deals that happen and shit like it's so frustrating right infuriating well
1: and as i mentioned there's members of alec sitting on task forces who are voting for this legislation they've got Mm -hmm. fucking plants in the crowd like yeah it's all a fucking conspiracy so alec introduces over a thousand bills a year and one in five of these bills are passed each year
0: oh my god yeah
1: Corporate members of ALEC pay a yearly <clears throat> membership fee anywhere from $7,000 to $25,000. And many corporations, no surprises here, like ExxonMobil, fund Alex with grants. And ExxonMobil donated a grant of $1.4 from 1998
0: to 2000. Love it.
1: Yep. Yeah, so great. ExxonMobil. Good old oil companies. Oil, oil
0: companies. Not, yeah, I mean. Not
1: based. Very cringe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not based, very cringe. Uh, killing the planet. Yep. But
1: killing, killing us all.
0: Not only are they killing the planet, the remarks guarantee and the oil, <laughs> the oil company's guarantee is that they will also make it so that you are imprisoned on the planet that they're killing. So um, exactly. What else could you ask for?
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, this is, I guess, a fun little tidbit. So, some of the billionaire CEO-owned corporation that give grants to Alex are the Charles G. Is it Coke? Coke?
0: Coke, yeah. Coke Foundation. Although, I, I don't... We can call Gosh. it Coke. Coke. It is Coke, though. The <laughs> Coke brothers, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, the Alex... Alex. The Charles G. Coke Foundation, um, the Claude R. Lamb Foundation, which is managed by the Coke family, Coors, and the Castle Rock Foundation because of course some weird beer company has to be involved for whatever reason
0: um a few of our
1: yeah a few of our faves on the list of people alec has given awards to includes ronald reagan (laughs) margaret thatcher yeah it's a winning list george hw bush damn the dream team right there oh yeah oh yeah um david coke rick perry And Congressman Mark Foley.
0: Oof. That's like the Avengers of uh, libertarianism. (laughs) (laughs) Libertarian capitalism. Oh my
1: god. For real though.
0: The Koch brothers are so fucked up. I know. They... Like I remember there was this weird story that I remember from them where they like were purposely not following government like pollution regulation. Yeah. And they like were fined like seven it would have taken them like seven million dollars or something to like update their machinery to like not pollute as much oh my god and then they got billed or they got like fined way more than that but they still just didn't do it because like on principle they were like we shouldn't be told what to do by the government we can pollute however much we want and it's infuriating
1: (laughs) yikes Past members of Alec has been winners such as former Vice President Mike Pence, no hey. um, and keynote speakers at, at Alec gatherings have been all stars like Newt Gingrich, Dick Cheney, and Pete Coors.
0: All my favorite, favorite, yeah. favorite people. Dick love Cheney, them. Yeah. Dick
1: Cheney, winner, absolute winner, right there. If
0: Dick Cheney and uh, David Koch,
1: <gasps> David Koch, David together. Koch
0: had a a gay adopted love child. <laughs> Dick Cock? Dick
1: Um, Okay, a couple more things about ALEC because it's just like so mind-blowingly evil. So ALEC, funded by these corporations, will take legislators on these lavish, all-expenses-paid vacations where they can bring their whole family. It happens every year. And at these conventions, they are offered these huge parties, decadent food, meetings with high-profile CEOs, five-star hotels, and they even get reimbursed for visits to strip clubs. Wow. Yeah, there was like a story of like this... Um, legislator and her program husband program went to, to a strip club and, and Alec literally covered it so cool
0: nice yeah
1: <laughs> just a couple of the industries that have benefited from Alec bills are Altria Philip Morris USA tobacco companies health insurance like Humana and United pharmaceuticals like Bayer and um, another tobacco company like Reynolds has saved loads of money from an Alec bill that made it more difficult to sue when people had been injured by some of these companies products
0: wow wow mm-hmm bear the uh the nazi company like yeah they were the german company that like Fuck. helped nazis i think that because they're like pharmaceuticals right yep they yeah. are
1: yeah god damn
0: good stuff yeah
1: yeah and the corrections corporation of america benefited from an anti-immigration bill that required expanded incarceration of immigrants yeah yep so, of course, CoreCivic and GEO Group, the private prison corporations um, that I've mentioned, they had a lot to gain from Alex's privatization bills. Um, and so in 2016, when the Obama administration had promised to work on phasing out private prisons, stock in private prison companies dropped 50%, which can we just talk for a minute how insane it is that you can effectively own stock in a prison?
0: <laughs> like, yeah. what the
1: fuck? Ooh. Yeah. So the CEO Corrections Corporation of America, the company that made money off of the anti-immigration bills, decided that they needed a rebranding, and they changed the company's name to CoreCivic, which is the one I've been talking about. Um, And they said that the change was necessary because rather than being, quote, largely corrections and detention services, they were a company that had, quote, a wider range of government solutions. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But are being funded by ALEC, which Uh wants there to only be correction facilities. (laughs)
1: Yes. They are one of the two companies that owns the largest number of private prisons, which together with GEO Group made over $3.5 billion in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another quote from the sentencing project says, private prison companies have contributed millions to... President Trump's campaign, and associated super PACs. Moreover, at least one prison company appears to be acting in the personal financial interest of President Trump. GEO Group changed the location of its annual meeting from a resort in Boca Raton, Florida to the Trump National Doral Golf Club in Miami. This club is reported to be the single biggest contributor to Trump's cash flow. Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah. And see, what's so frustrating is it's like... like, this kind of shit, like, these uh, Illuminati conspiracy anti-Semitic motherfuckers, yeah. it's like, this kind of shit actually, and we've kind of said this before, like, it does happen, mm-hmm. it's just not in the way that you think it's happening. Like, right. This like, this is a big collusion of fucking rich yes. assholes and yes. politicians that are like, let's imprison the public, <laughs> like, literally yeah. doing what you're, like, scared that, you know, the Illuminati is doing. Right, right. But... Because they're all like not fascists and right wingers, it's mm-hmm. like you're gonna be like, nah, this is fine.
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, the exactly. Fuck and it's just it's like, oh, like, I'm. It's just like the thing with QAnon too. I'm like, you guys are so close. Are you like kind of on the right track? You understand yeah. the the basic like umbrella thing of it, but like the avenue you go down is like no, no. Yeah, it's like there's one path that's like leads to this like beautiful oasis, mm-hmm. and the other path is like scary, dark vampire castles, and they're like that one.
0: Yeah, like that fucking car meme where. Uh huh. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> <fucking Skirt>. Anarcho-leftist, <laughs> and then it's like skirt to like QAnon, QAnon. conspiracies.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Core Civic and GEO Group have absorbed other companies as well, adding to their empire of imprisonment. In 2011, Core Civic bought BI Incorporated, which is an ankle monitor company. Jeez. Yeah. And both GEO Group and Core Civic provide prison healthcare services. They own halfway houses and own several immigration centers, which I'll talk next week about how horrible prison healthcare services are. Um, GEO Group purchased the Alabama Therapeutic Education Facility, which provides training, drug rehabilitation, and oversees formerly incarcerated people's reentry entry into, into society. For sure nothing could go wrong with that ever.
0: Right? Absolutely not.
1: An incarceration group owning a re-entry to society place where they literally profit off of keeping people in prison. Mm-hmm. Wonder what kind of training that is.
0: Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say good. Good training. <laughs> I'm going to say it's
1: A+. Plus. <laughs> Another awful part about private prisons is that states which don't have private prisons have a large incentive to ship prisoners out to states that do because the cost of building a state-run facility as well as a higher financial gain from a privately run facility. And so this leads to incarcerated people being separated from their families, which obviously ends in little to no visitation from the incarcerated loved ones. Family separation is extremely detrimental to a person serving a sentence. Of course, they become depressed, they lose a sense of connection, and they're going to have a much harder time reintegrating into society once their sentence is up, because the only other people they've been spending time with is people who are also suffering in the same way that they are, and they don't get to know anything, you know, they don't get updates from their family about what's going on outside, so, yeah. On top of the isolation from loved ones, when prisoners are sent out of state, and this is honestly, like, I don't know, more fucked up? It it's all fucked up. But um when prisoners are sent out of state, it makes it much harder for their public defenders to work on their case. Which is like honestly, I don't understand how that can be fucking legal.
0: It like, shouldn't be. No.
1: Because if you can find a way your
0: Miranda rights or whatever. Yeah, like, yes. Mirandum <laughs> rights.
1: Like, if you can find a way to justify tearing people away from their families and making visitation nearly impossible fine i guess but how are you justifying messing with a legal matter like how are you separating person involved in a legal case from the very person working on that case
0: yeah and again and all these like right-wing people who are so into like your personal rights and stuff mm-hmm. but again it comes down to it. like they don't care about personal rights for yeah. poor people or right. Uh, people of minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's like the person, the rights they care about only extend to what can make them more money.
1: Yeah, and exactly, exactly. Well, and like, I just have a real issue with, with like, the way that America um, instills, like, individual freedoms. Because I mm-hmm. just feel like the indiv- individuality, quote unquote, of these freedoms is like, the individual freedom to, like, oppress people more. Like, yeah. that's really what it is. And it, like, completely ignores that certain freedoms yeah. are counterintuitive to, like, the collective freedom of the community.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And it's actually interesting. This is another tangent, I mean, so I apologize. But go. there is, like, a kind of this weird thing that I was reading about with, like, a lot of anarchist uh, groups and stuff is, like, I heard it referred to as, like, the freedom paradox. It might have another name as well. But, mm-hmm. like, basically, the post I was reading was about, like, circumcision for children and how, mm-hmm. like, should it be a parent's right to, like, circumcise a child or, like, you know, cut their their skin off if, yeah. they, if they don't consent to it? Right. You know, and it's like, so it, at what point is it, like, a, a parent's freedom more than, like, a child's freedom sure. or whatever? And it's like... Sure. To ensure the safety of a community and the freedom of everybody, there is certain freedoms you have to give up, which is why it's called, like, the freedom paradox. Right. But again, like, the freedoms that you do have should be ones that everybody has to the betterment of society Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Right.
1: Like, your freedom shouldn't be that, like, I don't, I'm not gonna allow gay people in my restaurant. Like, the freedom should be everybody is free to patronize whatever restaurant they fucking want, regardless of their race sexuality what have you you know
0: yeah exactly like the free <clears throat> i don't know you shouldn't have the freedom to just go out and you know murder people who you want to yeah everybody has the right and the freedom to live <laughs> yeah. to have a have a life that in safety like yeah it's a thing <laughs>
1: it is a thing um so yeah which this whole thing about like the them uh, People being incarcerated, being shipped out states away to these private facilities, um, and then they're separated from their legal worker is bullshit. I mean, for multiple reasons, but like, when a person is involved in a legal case, if they cross state lines, it's considered fleeing yeah. and is illegal. So it's like, how the fuck are you allowed to,
0: to send flee somebody, somebody oh, like God, against yeah. their
1: will to flee them? Which, again, just a shining example of how this justice system continually contradicts itself.
0: Just a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah,
1: it is. It's completely hypocritical. So that's my piece for today. Um, next week I'll get a little bit in more into what happens inside of prisons and more specifically what happens in private prisons.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. So there we go.
1: That's our nice fun, <laughs> light-hearted, lighthearted episode.
0: Lighthearted part <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> um On Twitter, the podcast is Remarks Pod. You can uh follow us there i tweet i tweet out thoughts (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) nice i
1: like it a lot um follow us on instagram at remarks podcast comment on our shit look at our posts we'll post pictures and stuff um and then our tiktok is the same at remarks podcast you can watch our tiktok videos and Make them go viral.
0: Please. <laughs> um, and then I have a YouTube channel called The Lefty Agenda. You can check out some more scripted videos there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking for the shout-out game. Yes. Because no one commented last week, so sorry, no, no shout-outs. Fuckers. <laughs> but I was thinking as a way to make it a little bit more lighthearted to end it off here, mm-hmm. uh, comment your pet's name. First person yeah. to comment the name of your pet will get a shout-out.
1: Yeah, that would be a nice thing to kind of heal our hearts after this. I agree. <laughs> I wish that it was like you could post a picture as well, but...
0: No, no, you can on Instagram. Yeah. You could tweet a picture on uh, Twitter if oh, you yeah. wanted
1: to. Yes, if you get on Twitter, we want your pet's name and a picture if you so wish, because who like doesn't to. want to look at cute pets?
0: It's true. It really helps get through the existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Helps you deal with the capitalist overlords.
0: Yeah. But yeah, other than that, that's uh, part one.
1: Beautiful. Stay tuned for next week.
0: Okay, love love you. you. Bye.
1: Bye.